0: What up guys? Hello, Welcome to episode 51 of the Brave Bird Pod. Alright, guys, what about what what about the freaking hot hot Braves? Sorry, my mic
1: Yeah, no, we've been mic. doing really well.
0: The Braves never lose! <laughs> Dude, we yeah. freaking took that series against the Mets three to one, and then we come out and take the series against the Astros two to one. Y'all freaking always hear how people are like, oh, the Braves haven't played anyone good. Any five over 500 team, they can't beat. Suck a dick now.
2: Dang, Ziggy, you're coming in red hot today.
0: Yeah, I am, because they're annoying. They're like, y'all can't play any, especially Mets fans. Mets fans, I just hate. We
2: have a harder
1: schedule than they face. have, if you look at it.
0: Yep, we are 17th strength of strength schedule the rest of the year, and they are 26th. So... If they don't win the east, that's just an embarrassment and I'm going to laugh. And I can't wait for all the Mets fans to be freaking out. But yeah, it was yeah. great getting those two series wins over 500 te- uh 500 win teams. Uh I know Spencer Strider. I think uh oh we talked about that last week how he how he after his words, he came back and made people eat his words even more.
3: We yeah, won played, against Jacob DeGron. Sorry, go on, Art. Oh, I was just saying Spencer played fantastic. Oh, yeah. There's nothing more to it. Yeah, but sadly, in
0: our loss to the Mets, freaking, Odorizzi, he didn't play terrible. His first two innings sucked, but after the rain delay, he said he went and worked on some control stuff in the uh, bullpen in the, in the clubhouse, and he came out and just dominated. After that rain delay, he didn't let up any runs. He ended with um, eight hits, five earned runs, two strikeouts. So, I mean, four were in the first two innings. Then we had that rain delay. And then he came out and only let up. I don't even know if he let up the run. I think he came up and put him on base. And then whoever relieved him was the one that let up the run. But it, was, it wasn't it was a terrible game. We did lose 9-7. to seven, So we almost had a good comeback. But... It happens. I wasn't expecting to sweep them anyways.
3: Well, we came back once, which was great. And then yeah, the second came- comeback almost happened. Yep.
0: And then, uh, game three or the final game of that series, Max Freed pitched to Jim. Seven innings pitched, four hits, two earned runs, six strikeouts. He had one bad pitch, which led to a home run, a uh, two run home run, but that was it. And our offense was there. We won three to two with, uh, Swanson and Riley both getting RBIs. Riley had a two-hit game that game, and then Michael Harris had an
3: RBI. And what about the what about the young kids just showing up clutch? Dude, they
0: they are the reason we freaking won that game. That hit up the middle. Single. It was uh uh basically an infield hit infield single technically, just because it went right over the mound. But got through the second and short stop. Um Von Grissom was on first and he scored.
3: Yeah, he was. flying. <laughs> a
0: single. Granted, it was a 3 2 count with two outs, so he, he was, was running on pitch. Lying. But boy, did he go. That was, oh, that was so hype. But, oh, a crazy stat. So Jacob DeGrom has led up 17 runs in two years. Guess how many of them are from the Braves?
3: Like 13.
0: Oh, sadly not. It's eight. Okay. So like one under
1: half. That's still really good.
0: Yeah. So he has a point oh eight nine ERA against the rest of the league. He has a 3.01 ERA against the
3: Braves. That's amazing. (laughs) So we are.
1: It sounds like if he just comes and joins our team, he's going to wreck the league since he doesn't have to face us.
0: Exactly. So he should so come. Um, And then we went and faced the Astros. Charlie Morton had the game of his career. Well, he uh, has won two
3: World Series. Well,
0: not not the game of his career. (laughs) But he had a very, very strong outing from what he has been doing. We did lose that game, sadly, but it was not his fault. Because he pitched six innings, 11 strikeouts, two earned runs.
3: Yeah, I think I think he did his job.
0: Like he did, he couldn't do much better. Maybe one or two pitches, but you can't, you can't have a perfect game against the freaking World Series runner-ups.
3: Yeah, I, I think that we are we are certainly sitting in a great spot, and we've got a lot of games coming up against lesser teams. And I think that we can, if not you know easily gain the lead, at least keep mm. it super close to where when we go play them again at home. In a few weeks, we have an advantage and we just need to win two out of those three games.
0: Yep, exactly. And I have one question for y'all because I was really confused maybe because... So, um, for game three after the gay, after the freaking 11-inning uh, game, game three, Charlie Morton came out and it was tied 2-2 when he got pulled out. Tyler Matzick came in, didn't let up any runs. We put in Dylan Lee, who just pitched the night before... Literally like ten hours before this game. Why did we put him in instead of Colin McHugh, who didn't pitch at all the day before? Granted, I think the uh, this is I think the reason was because there were two lefties coming up, and you want that lefty lefty matchup. But at the same time, our argument is Dylan Lee just pitched ten hours ago, nine hours ago with that, because that game was at like uh one thirty five, and the other ge- and the game two didn't end until what eleven o'clock. So we had just over 12 hours. I mean,
1: yeah, but also if you're going to be playing in the postseason, you have to be ready at just about any given moment. Is that not like, especially with the two like lefties coming up, is that not a good moment to test that?
0: So yeah, that's a very, that's a very good statement. The only reason why is because McHugh was rested. This isn't postseason yet where our starters are going to go six, seven innings and then, one day, we'll have McHugh, Dylan Lee, and then Jensen come in. Day Game two, we'll have uh, Minter, Iglesias, and Stevens come in, for example. Like, I feel like they would have that kind of rotation, but I guess it also depends on their lineup. Lefty-lefty, righty-righty, and all that. But I just feel like just because it was such a, a quick turnaround, I feel like they shouldn't worry about that kind of matchup thing. Because... In the playoffs, we're going to play a game. If we do go extra innings, it goes to 11, 12 o'clock at night. Next game is until 6 p.m. that 7 p.m. the next night. It's not going to be a, a, you end at 1130 at night and you turn around and have a 135 p.m. first pitch. You have about like 15 to uh, 15 to 20 hours before the next game. So that's my only argument. I didn't know if y'all, if y'all had any say on that or, or like any thoughts on that.
1: I mean, I think it just had to do with two lefties coming up and just seeing how much he can really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just my opinion on it.
0: That, yeah, that. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Like, that's why, yeah, I just wanted to get y'all's opinion on it because I was just very confused. But, hey, we took the series off of them. That's all that matters. And then we just swept the Pirates. Game one was a nail-biter. I don't know how we went two and one barely beat them but game 2 and 3 6 to 1 then 14 to 2 Kyle Wright got his 15 uh 16th win sorry so that is crazy dude so he only pitched i mean i i understand why he took him out he pitched where is it um Kyle Wright 73 pitches through 7 innings like what yeah That is very unlike, that does not happen often. I understand why they pulled him out because a couple, the, just his two or three starts before that, he had that dead arm. And I mean, we're already winning 13 to zero. So why keep him in and try and ruin his arm more when we have the postseason coming up? Oh yeah. So I did not get mad at all for taking him out there. No,
3: I, I, I don't have a problem with that decision. Yeah, so that was a great game.
0: Um, We got Cardinals coming up this weekend. Huge series. We got Strider on the mound Friday night. um, Then Charlie on, th- on Saturday and Odorizzi on Sunday. So, well, that's what the lineup is supposed to be with our off date on Thursday. It might change. Maybe we'll get freed in on the 28 on Sunday instead of Odorizzi so we can have the secure win. Because Odorizzi, I'm sorry, he hasn't proven himself to me yet. After that, I mean, after that rain delay against the Astros, yes, he did great. But his past two or three outings, he still has let up multiple runs. But, and then we got the Rockies after that, so that's a great game. That, that's a great way for Odorizzi to come in and show us that he can pitch. So
3: I think I think he is certainly, at least in the last game, he played fantastic. Now again, it is the Pirates, but. He certainly has the stuff to be a great fourth or fifth option. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully we do get Ian back and he's pitching at his postseason level when he comes back. And we still have Soroka coming back, Though we don't know, like, you know, obviously what's that stat status going to look like. So the earlier the better. But um, I, I'm very optimistic for where our pitching is. I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to be a problem. It's going to be... Can we put up runs against the best pitchers?
0: True, and I mean, we just pitched against one of the best pitchers on the. Our two of them. I mean, we didn't face Van Verlander on the Astros, but I mean, we beat Degrom. Literally, I would count him as the best pitcher in the league if he was able to pitch all season.
3: Degrom's the best pitcher in the league, yeah, probably. And then yeah. Scherzer. Ooh. I
0: mean, we still we didn't get terribly behind on him. Uh, he led up uh, four, run, uh, four runs against us. Like, <laughs> that's not bad at all. But yeah,
2: yeah that's cool.
0: so I got a question for y'all: If we do get Soroka back by October, do you think he will get a starting role, or do you think he'll go to the bullpen?
3: I would, I would think bullpen to start if our starters are good. If we're like trying to figure out still who's going to fill that fourth spot. Or if Snit wants to do a fourth pitcher, so that we don't need to have um, a bullpen game, Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe that comes into the decision. Or you could use uh, an
0: opener and then send Soroka in. Use the opener for one in first and second inning, then Soroka come in, pitch three to six or three to seven, and then we got our closers for eight and nine.
3: Yeah, Yeah. use him as a fantastic, (laughs) as a fantastic relief in in big big air quotes relief pitcher like i mean name. you could either have it set up like that or if we had
1: to have a bullpen game for some reason just have him come in and do like three four five innings of that game i don't think he's going to get to the point where he's ready to go seven innings this year like it's too long off i don't think he's had enough rehab for that
0: yep and he just played in gwinnett this past sunday six six hit let up six hits i think it was like one or two earned runs uh and it was 3.1 innings with 50 pitches so i mean i i don't ex- honestly it, it's a good outing for him for his first actual pro game back in two years
3: yeah i mean he pitched fantastic down in single a but still for a guy that is that good of a triple or a major league pitcher or should be as good of a triple A pitcher as he was, you know, single A should be a cakewalk for him.
0: All I'm uh, saying yeah. is Kershaw pitched that single A during his uh his rehab and he let up a home run and Soroka didn't. So
3: <laughs> we'll take the small wins. <laughs> well, that and uh the Braves don't give up home runs. That's just a fact.
2: True. Actually,
3: a fun fact from this Astro series, uh that was the first home run that Max Freed had given up since like June 9th.
0: Yeah. Which is oh, insane. I say I think he just uh, doubled his uh, home runs just in past, his past two starts. Because <laughs> he did let up one in the last game that he put, or. Yeah, that was the Astros game. I'm dumb. I was thinking it was. The... No, it was the Pirates last night, wasn't it?
3: Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, he let up one home run. Oh, did he
3: give up one last night? Okay.
0: Yep, yeah, just one to Chavez, but that was their only run. Or that was the only run he gave up, I think. Yep, 6 to 1. But hey, we'll take that. Um like I said, Cardinals, then we got Rockies, Marlins, Athletics, Mariners, Giants, and then Phillies are our next actual like opponent. So let's see. We're on a The Mariners
3: are good. True. The are. True,
0: the Mariners are. But I think we, I think we should be able to sweep them. I mean,
1: so we have a lot of easy games left. I think, yeah, you just lifted the hard games. This, like, division race between us and the Mets is really going to come down to, A, who can win the most games they're supposed to win, and B, that last series
3: we have against them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I could easily just see it coming down to that last series.
0: Yep, so the Yankees just lost two games two or the the Mets just lost two games to the Yankees so we're at a we're one and a half behind because we had a day we had our win today and they had a day off but tomorrow we have a day off and they are playing the Rockies and they got a four game set against the Rockies hopefully they can take one but after that they have two, three games against the Dodgers so hopefully it'll be the only time I, I ever get... cheer for the Dodgers I hope they get smoked I do too that would be ready to get some revenge yeah but otherwise they don't have it they have the brewers who are on a downfall right now in sept the end of sept or middle of september and then we're their next matchup after the brewers so we need the dodgers to go to work and then we just need to stay up and stay on our hot streak but i th- i definitely think that the nl east race is going to come down to that second to last series when we play them because we got them for the 2nd last series and the Marlins for the
1: last series. I think it'll be really interesting coming down to it, but they have some really good starting pitchers. They do not have a lot of depth at that. Like, their top few guys are great. They've had so many injuries in the starting pitching role that when you get to that four-and-five guy, I could see them losing games that they need to win mm-hmm. or should win.
3: Yep. I also think that they're... They're going to be at the mercy of who they play, and I think where the wild card, whoever wins this division, is going to be set up because I don't think anybody wants to play the Dodgers in a five-game series. I think it's going to have to be a seven-game series if somebody's going to beat the Dodgers. If we're being honest, because if the Dodgers not scared. Have three games, I I think we would be fine, but I feel like mm-hmm. the Mets can only beat the Dodgers. In a seven-game series where we could do it, regardless, because I feel like we have the we have a better pitching comparison. Yeah, I agree. But I just don't know. Outside of Degrom and Scherzer, you know, do the Mets have enough to win four games? Um. Not really, because Walker
0: is kind of injured. I mean, he did pitch last night against the Yankees. And then, who was the other one? I mean, they have Bassett, who was actually really good. And then, they had who else did we face that got hurt? He got hurt, like, in the second inning. Oh,
1: I'm forgetting the second guy, but but yeah, he got hurt.
0: Bassett, DeGrom, and Scherzer are the only pitchers they have. Who's their fourth guy? If you don't have a fourth pitcher, honestly... That's like a bullpen game for you.
3: And- I, I really just feel like this might be the year where the teams that you see in the World Series are the ones that can put up four guys. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't have to do a bullpen game, I, I think that sets you up really well because you can actually have guys in a rhythm.
0: Yep, and we are set on that.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't think pitching is going to be our problem.
0: Morton's getting back to his old self. Took him a little bit to get out of his funk. But his last four uh, starts, he has like a 2.1 ERA. So he's definitely coming back. But otherwise, today's game was great because uh, Matt Olsen hit a grand salami into the river at Pittsburgh. First brave to ever do that.
3: Yeah, it was insane. Um, it was
0: crazy. <laughs> yeah, but also, listen to this stat. So... In his last 77 games, Matt Olsen has 70 RBIs. In his last 46 games, he has 44 RBIs. In his last 35 games, he has 34 RBIs. In his last 20 games, he has 20 RBIs.
1: Yeah, it's pretty safe to say he paces one RBI a game.
0: Yeah, he's been on an RBI machine after beginning the season with 17 RBIs in his first 49 games. So Matt Olson is a great pickup for us.
3: I love Matt Olson.
0: So do I. He is he is a very very good replacement for that uh for that trader over there. Um anyways, um uh, MLB schedule was released today for the 2023. Um we have our first it's not our home stand our opening day. This is the first opening day since 1968 that every team is going to play. And
3: that's pretty cool.
0: Yep. That is cool and we are up in that up in uh, Washington D.C. we got the nats for our first series but yeah so with also with all the uh with the wild card and stuff next year we are um every team is playing every opponent so you're going every team Ooh. faces all 30 MLB or all 29 MLB left MLB teams wow and so that'll decrease the divisional games from 76 to 52 So, instead of having four to five series against the Mets, we might only have three or so.
1: I mean, that's interesting. So, essentially, you're taking one less series with each of the four.
0: Yep. So, that is very interesting. But that's really cool that every team is going to play every single, every team before the playoffs.
1: That'll also make it so because like there are some teams that you just very rarely see get to come to Atlanta, which outside of this year, when's the last time you really saw like the Angels come here or like a random team?
0: This this year was like the first time I think we saw the Angels in three years or so. Three or four years. Yeah.
1: So I think that's interesting that essentially if you're gonna be doing this every year, you're going to have every team coming to your stadium at least every other year if you're swapping.
3: I think that's really good for, one, baseball in general, and two, I think from a fan base, like think about how many people are either out of town and want to go see like a Red Sox game or how many people are in L.A. and want to just go to a Dodgers game. Like if you have a chance of seeing your home team play against whatever your lo- the local team is, I think that's a that's really exciting, and then you also have to think about people like Will, who live in another state, where if he has a chance to go watch the Braves in person every year, that's way more chance that he's actually going to go to those games. Yeah, it's going to drive more sales, and I I, I, have, I understand like obviously it's a money money move, but I think that's great for those fans that they get to go out and see baseball.
0: Especially for like the Braves, the Dodgers, and the Yankees, they're they have fan bases all over the U.S. Like I know Braves is the second biggest uh, fan base behind the Yankees, Ugh. but because of the Ours TBS. Is,
3: well, that and it's also because of our region. There's not another team. There's not another Braves, or there's not a baseball team within what seven hour drive. The closest one is probably Marlins. Said. Tampa. The Mar- well, actually, the Marlins are an 11 hour drive. No, nah, Tampa so Bay. The Rays. Tampa Bay-, okay, Tampa Bay, yeah. So, Tampa Bay is eight ish. Cincinnati is seven and a half hours. And then Washington, D.C. Houston, for the Nationals- Houston's like eight. Houston is, is not eight- an eight hour or- Houston is a more- lot more. No, sorry. I was thinking.
1: <laughs> I think they're You're like. in Mississippi State.
0: No, Mississippi State's four hours away.
1: Four and a half. And how long does it take you to get from Atlanta to Mississippi State?
0: Four and a half.
1: So that'll only be nine hours.
0: Mississippi to Houston's like six hours or so, so yeah.
1: Okay, okay, so that's ten. Okay,
3: got it.
0: Yeah, so around ten
3: yeah. hours, but that's still far. But, I mean, if you think about, like, we have tons of fans from basically North Carolina to Mississippi— Yep, and include you include Tennessee as well because they don't have a baseball team. Like, think about how many fans are in that fan base, and then you also have Atlanta is one of the largest like places where people are moving. You have a ton of people from out of state that'll even go to Braves games. It also helps that we've been good for four years, but and we have a stadium that can support it. But like when I was watching the Pirates game last night, they were talking about a good crowd. And it was, like, 11,000 people to play the Braves. About half of them were Braves. Yeah, but it's also the same thing. Like, our average in Truist Park is almost 40,000.
2: Yeah, Yeah, by percentage-wise, we come in, like, I think we're second in in percentage, like, of tickets sold per what the stadium
3: can hold.
0: Yeah, this Astro series, every game was sold out.
3: Oh, it, it was very. It was really busy. I was at two. I was at that game, and then I went to two of the Mets games, and it was almost sold out, if not fully sold out, every day. They were
0: all probably sold out. I didn't see the uh, the stats for the Mets games, but watching that on TV, even if it was a weekday, it was crowded. Like it was probably yeah,
3: like... It was. It was probably one of the most busy, like non-first two weeks games I've been to. Yeah, y- you into the World Series take it back <laughs> I said one of the the World Series is obviously the most the busiest there was over 50,000 people in the stadium okay yeah. okay I accept
0: it but <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah and then the TBS deal back back in the day when Braves were the only ones that played on TBS and that was nationally broadcast every game and when there's no baseball on people just turned that on and that's why they became big ba- Braves fans because that was all they could watch. I know I've talked to a lot of fans from out of state yeah, that are Braves true. fans because of that. They were like, I was like, well, so how did you become a Braves fan if you live all the way out here, there? And they're like, because they were the only things I could watch when I was a kid, because TBS was the only thing that had bait any sports on, and it was always the Braves. And I was like, hey, thank you, Ted Turner.
1: Atlanta's team. Uh, yeah. Or, <laughs> USA's team.
0: America's team. And, you know what I was getting at? And we are just so He's- much fun to watch. I, I like... People want to stay a Brave. Like, look how many team-friendly deals just because they are so much fun. Like, Mike Harris just signed that. We're looking at you, Freddie. (laughs) Mike Harris just signed that $72 million deal because he wanted to be a Brave because he's having a blast here.
3: I think it speaks to the culture that Snicker, AA, and the other coaches and managers have really built out there. And the dugout is fun. Even when they're losing games, it doesn't really look like anybody's, like, super pissed off. Completely agree. Yep. I think that
2: you see, like, a lot, like I said it earlier, we AA finds these guys who maybe are underperforming on their current teams, but you can tell that the Braves have such a great culture because they want to, first off, be here with us. And the results are evident um, because they, they start performing better. Like, last year was Jorge Soler and... Uh, Eddie Rosario, and this year it's Robbie Grossman.
0: Dude, um, can we talk about Grossman real quick and how he was like a 200 hitter before he came to us and now he's exactly. just hitting every time he gets off the bat?
2: Exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it's fantastic when you see guys that are hovering right around that 20% mark and you just see it slowly tick up every game. And he's making – it's not like he's just getting, you know, a solid hit on his first or second bat – he's coming in with clutch plays too. Yeah, like We have won games because of either him getting on base or getting a hit and driving somebody home or advancing batters. Like it, he's, he's stepped up where we've made it to. And I think that speaks to, again, to the locker room. Like the ability, it's, it's exciting for players that you know are good when they are put in situations to show it off. And guys that are that competitive and a you know, a locker room, that's probably, they're all probably talking shit to each other, like, haha, I can get more hits off of this guy than you can. Like, that drives way more competition and then success when you have guys that are like that. And being on the team that obviously just won the World Series has to be exciting when you're still good, because then you're just looking to the future. Right now, I don't see a more complete team other than maybe the Dodgers. I think whoever wins between the Braves and the Dodgers, whoever wins the NLCS, is going to win the World Series. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
3: I completely agree.
0: But speaking of how good he's doing, Ozzy Albies has been on the road trip with them, taking batting practice and stuff. Um, when he comes back, what do y'all think? W- are we gonna do? We got Gross or we got Grossman who's doing great right now. We have Vaughn Grissom who's just absolutely going off. And then Ozzy comes back, you know he's getting that starting position back the second he comes back.
1: I yeah. think
3: get rid of Ozuna. I think Those well, are my two. we'll uh, I we'll think we'll start seeing Gross depending on who's pitching, we'll have Grossman or Eddie. Well, they're both left-handed, right? Grossman is switch hitter. Okay, so we would probably see I, I feel like Grossman is really good for that DH spot. If there's some way we could teach Vaughn Grissom how to play left field, that would be sick because he has a good arm and he's fast as hell. And I want, like, I want him on the field. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's Aussie's position. He's proved it. He's earned it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he's, you know, back to hundred percent, I think at first we may see him and Grissom switch off just to give him a break so he's not having to play five nights a week. But it, you know, I, I trust the managers. Whatever decision they go with is great. And I think we have a good problem to have that if somebody is having a bad night or something happens, somebody just, you know, tweaks their ankle, we don't have to, like, jump off a cliff because we lost one guy.
0: Yeah, we don't have to Probably freak than out. most
3: teams that have seven starters and then, you know, two guys that are kind of fill in and then a couple guys that they shuffle in. We've got, like, 12 guys that can all step up to the plate and score runs.
0: Yep. Yeah. We don't have to go to the waivers and get somebody. Oh, no. Because, I mean, w- when Albies got hurt, we freaked out for a second. And we were like, all right, well, we got Arcia. Oh, crap. Arcia got hurt. We need another guy. So we got Adrianza. What do you know? Adrianza got hurt, too. So we just pulled up our guy from A And he just showed off. And now they're all getting healthy again. And now we're just like, well, <laughs> what do we do now? Because. But. You like even look
1: at some of the teams that are doing really well, like the Yankees. They have people on their teams that are just spot fillers, like Aaron Hicks. What has he done this year, whatsoever?
2: Exactly. And so, like, we they don't start have that until they traded him.
3: Yeah. I mean, it in, it helps when you're on a team where you know your best player is hitting a home run every game, because then you just got to get on play. You know, you just got to get on base a couple times a game mm-hmm. and Aaron judge is going to get you a home run. But when you, you see almost a perfect correlation between <laughs> Aaron judge's success and hitting power and then them winning. Cause the games that he's not hitting home runs is when they've struggled. He hit a little mini slump for like 10, 12 games and they only won one of those games. And then he hits three home runs back to back to back and, In games and they've done well they beat the mets thank you Uh, for that by the way yeah yep and um all right can we
0: uh can we talk about uh azuna from the braves real quick i'm azuna from the braves (laughs) are are we all at a consensus that all of us are done with him and we want him off the team i said this last year Will,
2: Rhett. Uh, yeah, I mean, like it's. Just I mean, sad Will already because yeah. he's he's getting. It's sad because it's like just when things seem to be going right for the guy, he messes up and something else happens. Which but, is, but, but also,
1: but... he had like the domestic uh, abuse thing, which obviously is a very complicated thing. Not going to get into that. But when he came back this year, he didn't do anything like when playing, like he did not impress anyone. He wasn't doing like he was a eight or nine spot guy when he has the contract on our team
3: to be a three or four spot guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And his fielding is a liability. That's the other problem. Like, it's one thing if you're, you know, you're hitting 230, you're maybe sitting at that seven, eight spot but you're fielding really well. Like, even if Michael Harris' batting average dipped to 250 240 his fielding is so good, he still deserves to be on the field. I mean, do y'all remember when we had Andleton Simmons at shortstop, and
1: his batting was like, and eh, not bad, not great, but he was like the best shortstop in the league when playing defensively. That was worth it.
2: Yeah, and drop- I remember a- Andleton Simmons.
3: Yeah, it's the same thing. Like, I'm okay if you're really, really good at one of the two facets of the game, they can find ways to get you on the field. But if you're batting 220 and you can't field, why are you on the field? When we have a farm system like we do, we have a GM like we do, and we have depth like we do, there's no reason for him to be on the field. I agree. He's great for fill-in when guys, you know, when guys need breaks. But at the same time, like he's not giving us a huge advantage in big games. You also mm-hmm. don't pay someone $65 million a year for four years
1: to be a fill-in.
0: Right. Until he becomes the fourth worst uh, MLB player in the league. A.K.A. that's him for the past two years. He's, according to fan graphs, since 2021 he is the fourth worst mlb player that plays wow
3: is that based on like errors
0: um batting average errors all that kind of stuff of qualified players so like a certain amount of played appearances or whatnot or games but yeah it was a stat i heard the other day because somebody was trying to defend him he's like yeah, he doesn't. He's not. He doesn't seem to be doing too great. But he has as many strikeouts. As, he is the fourth most or fourth like most strikeouts on the team. He's up there with Dansby and them. And he tried to defend him, and then someone just pulled up the Fangraphs thing, and he's the fourth worst baseball player in the MLB. And I'm just like,
3: yeah,
0: yeah, that's cool. Every every like ten games, he can get a home run. But what is that? how does that help us in any way when he can't hit the ball
3: he's also home runner bust that's the problem
1: yeah yeah he's what riley was in his in riley's first year
3: yeah i'm going to hit 25 home runs but other than that i'm not going to get yeah. on base i'm going to
1: have 3 strikeouts for every home run but
0: every now and again i hit a good home run exactly, exactly. yeah yep so i want him off the team i hope there's a way to somehow with this they're not taking any any um responses until all the legal stuff is figured out so as of right now he's on the team according to snit he's on the team so he's gonna use them but thankfully we have a ton of backup or a ton of better hitters than him so he's not really playing much right now but all right, that should do it for the Braves um I'm gonna move on to MLB real quick so Pujols hit career uh, home run six ninety one and six ninety two against the uh, Diamondbacks.
2: I'm all for it. I'm all for the storyline of him getting seven hundred. I really and want
0: I, him to get seven hundred.
2: I feel like it's one of those things too. If he gets like if he ends at like six hundred ninety eight, six hundred ninety nine, I feel like he has to come back.
3: Yeah, he's already said it doesn't matter. He's not coming back. Uh-huh. Dang,
2: that's really sad.
3: And then Aaron Judge hits home
0: run 48. that is
3: wild. What's the so, season se- se- single season record?
0: Uh it's like se- 68, 70 something by uh was it Barry Bonds, Babe Ruth? One,
1: One of those guys. Kind of... 73 by Barry Bonds in 2001. Asterisk.
0: <laughs> so and he's on pa- <laughs> he's on pace for like 67 or 68 which is Yankees franchise record. So that would be cool. And he gets an that.
1: asterisk only because he's on the Yankees. No other reason.
0: Yep. But otherwise, besides those two, not much more news came out. So I'm starting to do standings. Yankees, they're, uh, they're not doing too hot. They actually have, the Orioles have a better record than them since uh, I think it was June 1st. They were forty-seven and thirty-eight, and then the uh, or the Orioles were 47-38, and the Yankees were like forty-six and thirty-seven, or whatever it was. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. But Yankees are up right now, eight games on the Rays, eight and a half on the Blue Jays. So Blue Jays are slowly approaching the Rays for second spot. And then the There's Orioles. There's no way
3: the Yankees lose the division, right?
2: No, I know I think that might have been a concern, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Mm. I, I really don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, no, they, I don't think it will either. They're, they got <laughs>
0: the Athletics and the Angels are their next two series. Yeah, they should be okay. So, but, onto the AL Central, the Guardians are taking over. Three and a half games up on the Twins. It's four and a half on the Sox. Boy, did none of us see this coming. Will said it's the White like, Sox. The rest of us said the uh, the Twins would keep it.
2: Yeah.
1: Kind of like last year when the Giants came out of left field and no one expected them to be able to win their division, and they absolutely dominated and beat the Dodgers and the Padres. Like It's just someone you don't expect at the beginning of the season having a really good year.
0: Yep. And then down in the AL West, Houston still up 12 games on the Mariners. So... Wild card for the American League. Tampa Bay are one game up in first place on the Mariners, who are the third place. And the Blue Jays are half a game on the Mariners. Right behind them, Orioles fell back to two games behind. Twins are three and a half. Then White Sox are four and a half. So slowly, the top three are slowly spreading or widening the gap. But I kind of want... I want the Orioles and the Mariners both to make it. Me too. it's hard for the Blue Jays and the Rays are going to be two tough teams to knock out. Especially with how the Blue Jays are playing. Rays, I haven't heard too much about. They haven't been on my radar because they just haven't shown me anything. They're just kind of there playing their 500 baseball. Well, 549 baseball, but... Yeah.
3: The Rays are one of those teams that, to me, don't have anybody that's fantastic. They're just good enough, and they still have a few players on the team that were in the World Series.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, because they were
3: sellers. They sold brand low at the contract, or at the deadline. I think that was more or less to just keep the majority of their core um, and maybe get some extra prospects. Cause I believe they got a good amount of people for that. Am I right?
2: I can't remember. Um, let me look it up, but while
3: you're looking
0: that up, will I'm gonna go onto the NL. Just chime in whenever you got it. Um, NL West Dodgers are just taking a commanding lead. They are
3: 19 games on the Padres. Remember when we thought that the Padres had a chance yeah. yeah. When like for a couple weeks they were going they were within like five games. Yep. And then and they, they were, were like, on, oh so like who's gonna who's gonna figure it out? They're gonna get people to the deadline. Blah 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 blah. Everything's gonna be closed. This is one of those races to watch. And then every so like honestly, after Freddie came to Atlanta, he was just like, All right, fuck this, I'm done. <laughs> and then just took off. And obviously it helps when your first baseman is leading the whole entire major leagues in hits, but And he's like third in batting average. Yeah. They have like three guys that are in the top ten, and him and Trey Turner are one in two in hits and like one in four in batting average. Yep. And then Gonslin and Anderson are both uh
0: Gonslin has sixteen wins and Anderson has thirteen wins like i mean granted we have a 15 winner and a 12 winner so we're catching up to them but yep yeah, so there and then they got soto and they were like oh crap they just soto and bell bell has like a 311 batting average when they got him and he's up like 315 now or something like that and i was like crap the padres are actually going to like maybe make a new co- another comeback and then the tatis news came out suspended yeah that was that was sad tell the
3: people tell the people about that one that one's depressing
0: i so he had ringworm and he went and got something to treat his ring ringworm i don't know why he didn't go to his trainers to ask for something be like hey i got ringworm what can i take so i can get rid of it why why did he go and just grab something that he didn't even know what was in it like you can read
2: highly doubt that Like you, I, I can't, I, I'm sorry. I'm just going to call shenanigans. There's no way that you're taking a steroid and you don't know what's in it.
3: Mm -hmm. But
0: that's what they all claim when they get caught. I mean, yeah, we can't, no proof. We just have to go by the word, but yeah, I just don't know what he was thinking, why he didn't ask his trainers who can literally, he has, he has team doctors that can freaking prescribe him something for it. Like, why would he get something that's over the counter? Like, that just confuses me. But out for 80 games. But because of that, he is getting soldier surgery now. That'll hopefully help him back when he does come back. But that put a big garnish on his reputation. So, but. All right, I'm going to move on to the NL Central. Oh, the Red Hot Cardinals, who we have this weekend. It's going to be our last, our toughest matchup until the Mets. They are five and a half games up on the Brewers. Nine and one in their last ten. But it's okay. Last year when they were red hot and getting ready for the playoffs, we shut them down and swept them. So I think we can do it again. And then last but not least, we got the East. I mean, we talk about it all time, all day, every day. Half game back of the Mets. They've got Dodgers after the Rockies. We got Cardinals and then the Rockies. So hopefully the Rockies can take at least one game on them. And then hopefully the Dodgers can sweep them. But that's all I got for MLB. All right, um, Rhett, I'm going to kick it to you to NFL.
1: Okay, so not too much news out of the NFL this week. Kenyon Drake gets cut. Uh, hometown hero from the real HHS. Shut so up. So you hate to see it. Um, Shut up. Shut <laughs> up. Shut up. He beat y'all's ass.
3: Um, well, but yeah, that was hard to do when he was there.
0: He's just jealous that he doesn't have Justin Fields.
3: That's true. Eh. <laughs> Anyways, outside
1: of that, we just have quarterback battles, and I'm going to pass that over to Artie.
3: So this one's more or less going to be an open question for you guys. Uh, I feel like the three teams that we're really looking at for possible quarterback battles, we have two that we know about. We know the Seahawks and the Steelers are going to have a quarterback battle. Um, Seahawks especially, it's been said they still haven't made a decision. Steelers, it's looking like Mitch Trubisky, but again, we don't—they don't have anything confirmed. Uh, the Panthers would be on here, but they did confirm this week that Baker Mayfield is going to get the starting job. Uh, so, starting with the Falcons, the home team, who do you guys think at the end of the season we see finishing the season as the starter? Is it Desmond at, Ritter? Is it Marcus Mariota? At the end of
2: the season, I. I'm going to have to say that it's Desmond Ritter. I feel like that's a safe bet. But it just depends because if the Falcons... The Falcons are projected to have the lowest wins out of anybody, any team this season. But if the Falcons do start off hot, maybe Mariota keeps the starting job. So Uh, That's a bit of a long shot, though, if you ask me.
1: I think the end goal is to get Ritter like not just throw Ritter to the Wolves and have him get destroyed early like we've seen other young quarterbacks have to do. Mariota's, Mariota's role is essentially just be there until Ritter is ready. So it all depends on how fast Ritter's moving along. Unless Mariota comes back and has flashes of his first two years in the league, which I don't think he will. Like at that age, he's not going to be as dynamic in his run game as he used to be. Like he's literally just there until Ritter is ready.
3: Yeah. Uh do you have a Do you guys have a mindset or an idea of when you think Ritter takes the starting job? Cuz I feel like we're all somewhat in agreement there that Ritter will finish uh either finish the season or get enough chances to start. Do you guys have a game or a, a number that you think he would get it at? Um yes. I think he's going to have the job by October. Because like game four or five, I think game five or six because we
1: game five is against Tampa Bay and they have a really good defense. That'd be a rough one. But game four is against the Browns.
3: (laughs) Exactly. But like I think so. Who also has a really good defense?
2: Okay, game three against the Seahawks. I don't think they're gonna. I don't know. Like if any those teams are beatable. So I believe that that will just that will give Mariota more opportunity to perform, which would postpone Ritter taking over. But maybe after we play at Tampa Bay, and then we host San Francisco middle of October, I could see that happening.
1: I'm going to say, I think, I mean, it all depends on how fast he's progressing, but I would say the first Panthers game, because if you have him starting then, the stretch is Panthers, Chargers, Panthers, Bears, Washington, Steelers, Saints. And the only team in there that was going to be an above 500 team, in my mind, is the Chargers. So you have Chargers. Like, yeah, you yeah. have a few easy games for him to get acquainted to. Mhm.
2: Yeah, I'm with you there, Rhett. Zach? I think it's possible, but...
0: Ritter has been doing really well in preseason but like i think it was Rhett was saying is that we don't want him to go out there and get pounded the second the season starts i think they're going to get him in a play or a drive or two throughout the first couple games first four games five games and then maybe take over after that depending on how Mariota does but otherwise yeah i think Mariota will keep the starting position for a little bit
3: all right and then the seahawks we have geno smith And Drew Locke, Um, obviously, Geno Smith has shown flashes. Uh, He was a starter in New York when when he first got drafted. Drew Locke was the starter in Denver before Teddy Bridgewater got there last year. And then obviously we know he was traded this past year for Russell Wilson, obviously an upgrade for the Broncos. Who do you guys think is the starter? I know they've been giving – to me, it has seemed like they've given Geno Smith some more looks. I don't know if that's based on the system because he knows it better or if he's really outperforming Drew Locke in practice. What do you guys think? Who do you, who do you think gets that starting job? I hope it's Geno
1: Smith. I know Geno Smith is probably getting up there in age by now, but I have a lot of respect for Geno.
2: Drew Locke, on the other hand, just sucks. Like it's not good. I don't know yeah. why the Seahawks were so high on him coming out of Missouri, but he Drew Lock is not that good. I just yeah, i gonna, i gonna I, th- I think that Geno Smith's going to get the starting job, but it's going to be the same thing where um, Seattle is kind of waiting to put Drew Lock in. I just don't think Drew Lock the answer. He's going to need to prove it to me.
0: Yeah, I think Geno Smith is going to get that starting position and and keep it for a little bit. He proved it to us last year.
1: I also think that the Seahawks are just plenty content this year to lose most of their games and go for a quarterback next year because there are quite a few that are going to be
3: coming out. Yeah, get a solid quarterback. Yeah, win as many games as you can, obviously. They have a great fan base, but yeah. You don't tell the players to lose. They
1: just don't necessarily go and grab you a quarterback to help you. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's the nature of yeah, it's I, like the nature of the game.
3: I think they did more because they felt they owed Russell than anything else. Um, all right, and then finally the Steelers. Do we think Trubisky gets it? Do we think uh Mason gets it? What do you guys think?
1: I'm thinking gets or Trubisky gets it. He never really had a complete team around him. And the Steelers are by no means a complete team, but there are a lot more weapons there than he had before. So I'm interested to see how it goes.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel like the offense, the biggest hindrance last year for their offense was Ben Roethlisberger. Obviously the line could have been better, but Roethlisberger was the problem. You have weapons everywhere. You have good receivers and you have uh, Najee Harris in the backfield. So that's obviously not the problem. And the defense is pretty solid with TJ Watt and. You know, their defensive line's pretty good. It's just can, and obviously, it, they, they made the playoffs last year. Did they deserve Barely. it? No, but they made the playoffs. Barely by the skin of their teeth. They shouldn't have made the playoffs. The Chargers should have. They were a better team, but they made it, got blown out. It's what it is what it is. Are we all just in agreement that's Trubisky, or will do you have a different thought?
2: I really think that they're going to get Kenny Pickett ready for the starting job. I think that, that Trubisky starts, but my take's a bit different. I think that it's not going to be between Mr. Trubisky and, and uh, Mason Rudolph. I think it's going to be what at what point, just like with the Falcons, what point do you decide to put Ritter in? At what point do you decide to put um, Kenny Pickett in? Because that guy's the real deal, at least from the little bit that I've seen. I remember him in college. I, I think that he's going to win the starting job there before long. Uh, but maybe that's just me doubting Mr. Trubisky. Because, like you guys have all pointed out, he hasn't had an actual team around him, you know?
3: Yeah, I agree with you. I, If I were to go down the list, I would say Ritter, Mariota starts, Ritter subs in eventually. Seahawks, I really don't know what the Seahawks. I do think Geno Smith is the right decision. I think he just fits their system better. And then Steelers, I think personally, Trubisky gets the job. It's just if he performs great, if he doesn't perform, I think you give it you give the reins to Kenny Pickett. I think he has much more upside than Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, I hope I hope Kenny Pickett gets the uh, starting position. I don't care much for uh, Rudolph. He hasn't shown me that he's a NFL like a great NFL quarterback and just more of a backup quarterback. I've seen more
1: showing that he needs to be in the WWE than the NFL. Yes, <laughs> just right, left and right. I was right.
2: gonna say, I mean,
0: he could take he could take helmet blow to the head without getting hurt. He'd be
2: perfect for the WWE. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go through week zero. Uh, we're gonna do a little rapid fire for these games. Hell yeah, bringing it back, bringing it back, baby. All right, we're gonna start off with um, the first matchup, the first game of the 2022 college football season. Austin Peay's playing at Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky does not have Bailey Zappi anymore. That's all I know about that team. So I'm going to start off first, and I'm going to pick Western Kentucky. I feel like that one's pretty solid. Artie?
3: Yeah, I'm going to have to go with it. I I think WK is uh, A-OK. Yeah. What do right, you think, Brett?
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go Western Kentucky as well. Um, what about you, Zach?
0: Yep. Joining the train.
1: Okay.
2: This is probably the game I I think I'm most excited for. It's our first Big Ten matchup of the year. It's at a foreign site in Dublin, Nebraska against Northwestern. I'm going to say Nebraska, they were the best 3-9 and team last year. Scott Frost is bringing back a lot of key players. And he has, starting at quarterback for him, Casey Thompson. So I say Nebraska and Northwestern is not a good football team. And they are probably going to be at the bottom of the Big Ten.
3: Artie? I think Northwestern had a good run two years ago. I don't think they have a chance anymore. I think Nebraska wins this one handily. Rhett?
1: I think Northwestern wins this one purely out of spite for Will and the fact that I don't care about either of these teams enough to look them up. What do you think, <laughs> dude, Zach? Dude, what? I have... Nebraska was 3-9 and nine last year. They were the best 3-9 and
0: nine team in existence. Yes,
1: so after this loss, they can be the best 0-1 team. I don't care.
2: Well, that did happen last year to Illinois.
0: I hear uh, more about Nebraska than Northwestern, so let's go Nebraska.
2: No. It's oh, just shocking, Rhett. It's shocking <laughs> to say that, Rhett, because Casey Thompson is the, the Texas quarterback that transferred.
1: Outside of Casey Thompson, name one player. What? No, you name one player. <laughs> you said they have a lot of key players coming back. Rhett, I didn't say that, Rhett's, so name one player. Rhett
0: said he doesn't know anything about either of these two teams. So I admitted to it. Let's hear what you have to say.
2: I honestly I'm going to back Scott Frost.
1: I <clears> proved <throat> my point. <laughs> no, I don't, yeah,
2: I don't know any of the players for Nebraska, but I'm still way, I'm going to believe in them way more than I'm going to believe in a Northwestern team that hasn't performed in when was it
3: already was it 2 years ago that they had their Northwestern? Yeah, yeah, they uh they went pretty far in the West. I think they actually won the Big 10 West. Okay, yeah. All right, moving forward to Idaho State at UN Las Vegas. Um,
2: I don't know anything about either of these teams. I'm going to say that UNLV takes it, though. Yeah, but um, I'm
3: going to be in Vegas, and I'm betting on the home team.
2: All right, yeah, good idea. Artie? I guess that sums yours up. Yep, that sums mine up. Okay.
0: Zach? All right, I'm with Artie. I'm going to be in Vegas, so let's uh, let's go with the hometown boys.
1: All right. Rhett? Yeah, UConn sucks. I'll go with anyone but them. We're not there yet. <laughs> no, We're UNLV, yet. Idaho State. Oh, UNLV.
2: Okay. Cool. All right, this next game is going to probably be a blowout. It's UConn at Utah State. Utah State's not that bad of a program. UConn, I think, barely beats UMass last year. Um, Utah State should take this one handily.
3: And the Cumble. (laughs) Yeah, it was the UConn. I agree, Utah State. Okay. Yeah. Artie? Artie, Zach, what you got? Oh, I think Utah State. UConn sucks, and Utah State's actually produced players. Agreed. Yeah.
2: Um, This is another one, Wyoming at Illinois, the uh, Mountain West versus the Big Ten. I'm pretty positive that Wyoming football got robbed because of transfers. Um, So they basically lost, yeah, this is what I thought. They lost 10 to the transfer portal, 10 players from last year. Good Um, lord. Yeah, so I think this one, handily, without even knowing anything about Illinois' football team, I think this one, just the the different caliber you see between Power 5 and G5 schools, Illinois should take this. It's at home. But, um, you know, that'd be funny to see this upset, though.
3: I won't lie. Artie. Illinois. That's all okay. I got. Illinois. Illinois. Right, Rhett. Or Rhett, whoever's next.
2: Illinois.
0: Okay. And we're all riding the same train there, too. Okay.
2: Uh, Now we have a team that some people may or may not be able to pronounce at Florida State. We've got Duquesne traveling all the way down to Florida State. uh, Florida State got off to a rocky start last year. I would not be surprised if they lose to Duquesne after they lost to, who is it, Jackson State? Jacksonville. Jacksonville State, yeah. So regardless, though, I think that Mike Norvell at Florida State's coaching for his job, and you could see him on the, you could see him get fired pretty quickly if he loses to Kane. I don't think it's going to happen, so I'm going to go, I'm going to ride with Florida State.
1: I mean, Florida State's first off not that hard to pronounce, but I will go with him to win. <laughs> what about you, Artie?
3: Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Seminoles. Okay, uh, Zach. Yep, yeah, I got, I got, I got the old boys, FSU. Uh, the, all these kids are between, like, 18 and 22. I don't think they're old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got Florida State.
2: <laughs> um, Charlotte at Florida Atlantic. The only thing I know about these teams is that Charlotte beat Duke last year. So, I'm going to go with Charlotte.
1: Yeah, I'm going with Charlotte. Uh, I'm going with Lane Kiffin's old team. Let's go you're Owls.
2: Gonna, you're going to uh, support Florida Atlantic?
1: Yeah, because I said this is Lane Kiffin's year, and you said you were going to hold me to that.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, this has nothing to do with Lane Kiffin, but anyway, Zach... That yeah. means
1: I have to root for every team that Lane Kiffin's ever been on, except for Alabama.
0: Yeah, I'm going with uh, FAU because I've actually heard about them. I haven't heard about Charlotte. Okay, well, that sounds like a little bit of a calm out.
2: Um, for <laughs> playing at North Carolina. Very- I am going to say that North Carolina will not break my heart two years in a row,
3: and Tar Heels take this one at home. I think the Tar Heels got this one.
1: Is now a good time to bring up y'all's Heisman prediction?
3: Oh, how about yours?
1: Oh, mine's still in college and has a chance this year. North mine, Carolina.
3: mine still has. Mine's still in college. My new one. My old one does not. My
1: old one is still in college. He's transferred to South Carolina. God.
3: You're not a Desmond Ritter fan. Yeah, Rhett, what's your pick?
1: Poser. I said North Carolina. Rattler. Okay. Yeah, I said Spencer Rattler last year and he transferred to South Carolina. So he's still in college football and can win it this year to redeem me.
0: All right. But uh yeah, I got North Carolina. If they if yeah. they don't win this, I will never put
2: my faith in them ever again. Be like uh... Nah, never mind. Um <laughs> okay, so then we have North Texas at UT El Paso. This is gonna be a heated game between North Texas and UTEP. Um, it's got to be just a couple hours from each other. Who knows? I feel like this might be a little bit of a rivalry. I'm going to say, I, oh God, I don't know anything about either of these teams. I remember reading up on UTEP last year, but
3: I I don't know. I just,
2: uh, yeah, I'm going to give it to North Texas.
3: Let's see what happens. I'm going to go UTEP. I, I think their logo is cooler, so I'm going to root for them. Who do you think, Rip? Well,
1: back when I was playing NCAA 14, like all of us great kids did, I created a player and played at North Texas, so I have to go with them. What do you think, Zach?
0: I'm going with North Texas because I want uh, the Longhorns to be the worst team in Texas, so North Texas is going to do good.
2: UTEP is from Texas, too. It stands for University of Texas at El Paso.
0: Okay, uh, I'm still going to go with North Texas just because. (laughs) All right your call. <laughs> uh-uh.
2: Now we have Nevada at New Mexico State. Um, we should be in Vegas, so I'm going to say Nevada.
3: I, I'm i also going to go with Nevada. I think that's a, not a bad choice. They also have the minus nine spread, so they should win this. What do yeah. you guys think? Oh. Yeah, I'm going to go with Nevada, too. Yep,
0: yeah, I'll join you all.
3: All right,
2: last
0: game, Vanderbilt at
2: Hawaii. Vanderbilt is a favorite for this game, but the Rainbow Warriors will win. It is very difficult to come all the way to the islands and play against Hawaii. We saw Hawaii beat Fresno State last year. I think Hawaii can take this one
3: against Vanderbilt. I'm actually going to go with Vanderbilt here. Uh, Vegas thinks that they'll win. I also think just... Yes, they're the worst team in the SEC, but they're still an SEC school. And I think Hawaii just has kind of fallen off the map from where they used to be. I'm going, I'm going Vandy.
1: From where they used to be? You mean the one year they went to the Rose Bowl and Georgia absolutely stomped them? Yep. Yeah, I'm going Vandy.
3: I would
0: love Hawaii to be good, but I don't think they will be. So I'm going to go with the SEC.
2: All right. Fair enough. Plus,
1: I just want to come in here in a week and talk about how the SEC is undefeated and Artie's conference is not.
3: That's fair. That's that's fair. You're well. Yeah. No. That. Well, that
1: Northwestern are playing each other. You're not (laughs) undefeated no matter
3: what. That's true. You got me there. All right.
0: Well. Good episode. That does it for episode fifty-one. Brave, stay hot. Chop on. College football's here. We'll
2: see y'all next week. Go Braves! Chop, chop.